Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount, and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. Today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about mini games to motivate with the help of special guest Brad Yetman of Anthony Wilder Design Build in Cabin John, Maryland. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hello everyone, I'm Tim Fowler and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Today we're going to be talking about mini games. And how do we use them to motivate staff? And probably the big thing is just motivation in general, but we're gonna focus in with Brad uh, from Anthony Wilder on this concept that comes across in The Great Game of Business by Jack Stack and the games that uh, can be played to help drive and motivate people to achieve certain goals. So in general, uh, we don't motivate people very well. So we hope that today we're going to be able to learn some ways to do that. Motivating is a big challenge in every business. Owners and managers try everything, but they often miss the one thing that really works, and that is fun. Oftentimes, we just forget about having fun, and games are about having a little bit of fun, but also accomplishing something that really makes a difference. So we know from research and trying it out ourselves that handing out money doesn't do it, right? Yelling doesn't do it. Uh, being buddy-buddy with everybody doesn't motivate people. But from everything that I've read recently on managing people in companies, having fun, and sometimes it's serious fun, which, you know, it isn't just laugh-laugh all the time, but it's serious, can, be really, can really be the key. So in part of that, not the end all, but part of that is playing these games. So the big game, that's making money as a company, right? Mm -hmm. That's our overall game. We want to win the World Series. We want to win the Super Bowl. But every game that can be played in between is part of that strategy. If we can win the little games, we're going to win the big game. So we're going to be talking about that. I hope it uh, challenges everybody a little bit to really think about having some fun in their business. Yeah, I think this is such an important topic. It's something when I first started out, the main question I asked was, you know, I cared so much about the business and, and, you know, every day was a struggle for me. So, you know, motivating myself was not the issue, but you would always ask, why can't I get the employees to care? Even a third as much as I do. So that was yeah, so, you know, the big struggle. So that's, a, that's the kind of thing that that is, is really critical because we are so focused on problems and jobs and getting, you know, making sure the client's happy and all those kinds of things. And sometimes we just forget to sit back, relax a little bit and enjoy the process a little bit. There are challenges all the way along, but we've got to try to enjoy it a little bit, have a little bit of fun. And, and in this industry, uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of outside factors. If you talk about uh, weather, the work is hard. So just the actual act of the work for certain uh, employees can be extremely difficult. So, you know, that adds on to the motivation or the challenge in motivating employees. 
The other thing, and Brad's position with Anthony Wilder is production manager or director of, of construction. And quite often that role is about fixing problems. And so we get focused in on it. And so that's the kind of thing that I'd like to try to address today as we as we move forward is how do we focus in on having a little bit of fun? Again, sometimes it's serious fun, but and and winning those small games so we win the big game. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to introduce our guest, Brad Yetman. He's the vice president of construction as well as part owner at Anthony Wilder Design Build based in Cabin John, Maryland. Brad is responsible for overseeing the production department, which will have produced approximately $14 million in this fiscal year. Brad has developed a financially focused approach to production management with an emphasis on knowing the numbers, both in the field and in the office, an approach which fits well with the company's open book policy. Welcome to the show, Brad. Thank you very much for having me. This is, uh, this is a very exciting opportunity. Okay, so let's get right into it. And um, I know there's a whole lot that goes into the way you guys run the business with the open book management and so forth like that. But just in a nutshell, can you define, you know, what are we talking about when we start talking about a mini game or playing a game within your business to try to get something done? Yeah, well, first and foremost, you know, there's nobody who's too old to, uh, you know, to play a game. Games are a universal, fun way to uh, achieve an outcome. Um, and it's, it's certainly a new way to achieve an, out, an outcome, uh, you know, for us. We didn't always play games. Um, and it was something that I think we, we scoffed at initially because you kind of have this, this instinct that games are something that are, you know, it's for kids and it's not serious. And, and uh, we try to take ourselves very seriously in playing games, you know, you got fires going on left, right, and center. You got upset clients. You got uh, some projects that are slipping sideways. Playing a game doesn't really sound like it fits in. Um, but yeah, it, it, it comes down to the way we got into it was specifically with uh, the great game of business. And uh, we've been playing the game for over 10 years. And the the mini game aspect has been something that they have been really, really encouraging us to focus on. Um, so about three years ago, we started going down this road of mini games, and the idea and what a mini game is to to get to your um, to get to your question is it's it's really it's a short term, highly focused, uh, rapid improvement campaign that you get a team working on, and the idea is that you want to affect some kind of change in the company, um, maybe an improvement. Maybe you have a goal that you want to achieve as an organization, or maybe you just want to further the financial education. That's a big part of, of what we do at Anthony Wilder. Um, so you create these games and they're short term, you know, focusing on these on, on a specific thing with a specific timeline. That's kind of the overall concept. So I understand that there are some, I understand there's like three basic things that go into a, into a game, a team goal, a scoreboard, and a reward. Just talk about those three things and how they relate to play in a game a little bit. Sure. So um, the big thing, like you said, it, the, the, the big three is a team goal, a scoreboard, and a reward. Um, the team goal is something that that's kind of the, the outcome that you're trying to achieve by the game. Um, so I think in a, we'll kind of get more maybe into a specific example that we use. But for us, you know, one of the 
more impactful games that we played was one called Stop the Runs. And the team goal was in that one to reduce the amount of of runs, um, supply runs that were taking place during the day. So that would be the team goal. It's what we're all working on to try to reduce those runs. So did that, Brad, did that have a... Did that have a numerical function to it? Is that is it that specific? Oh yeah, yeah. And we can get into that all the the numerical function, but yeah, it, that was a million million dollar plus game that we derived. And actually, they did a presentation on it at Great Game of Business because it was in a category of of million dollar games. So um, yeah, you identify what the goal is. It can be financial. It can be monetary. It can be behavior based anything but you get the team around that goal and in this case the team was the field the the carpenters and the lead carpenters um so the one aspect the first and foremost is you need to identify what the goal is and what it is you're actually going to be trying to achieve the second major element is you need to have a scoreboard and it needs to be something it's not good enough just to have an excel spreadsheet that you go through the numbers and you talk about it you need to actually have a visible scoreboard up on the wall that the team can gather around, they can rally around, and it's where progress is put up so the whole company can see it. And it, it really becomes a motivating factor in itself to see the scoreboard. And the funny thing with the scoreboard is the more ridiculous and childish they are, the, the more positive <laughs> results you get out of it. It's, it's really amazing. Uh, I guess some things never change. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then the, the last part is the reward. Um, so you need to have a reward that when you guys win the game is something that everyone gets. Now, the trick with the reward is it, it should never be financial. You talk to people who have gotten $500 bonus at the end of a project. They spend that $500 bonus on something and they never actually remember. There's no connection to it. But if you give somebody, if you have a game and the name of the game is Rubber Ducky, I'm just making stuff off the top of my head, and reward is the Rubber Ducky keychain at the end, you know, at first you'd think, uh, no, I'd rather have the $500 and not a Rubber Ducky keychain. But there's instances where guys, six years after playing the game, are driving around with a Rubber Ducky keychain still on their, you know, their their car keys. And every time they see that, they're reminded of a victory and that's powerful. So when you say it's a million dollar game, does that mean you have the potential to uh, save a million dollars from winning this game or that it's a million dollar uh, revenue drain or what, what does that mean when you say that that was a million dollar game? So when you're talking about the, the financials, um, there's a couple different ways to look at it. So in, we at Anthony Wilder, we're about a 12% company. Okay. So about 12% net profit is what we target. That's where we're kind of set up to be. So for every dollar we, you know, for every dollar we make 12 cents, we get to put in the bank. The inverse of that. And if you just do a simple inverse equation for, every dollar that we want to make, we have to sell eight. Okay. So the, you set up an idea of the difference between saving and earning, right? So a dollar saved is the equivalent to $8 sold in the field. So, um, I mean, sold in, in sales. So 
we identified in the the story that we have is it's actually a funny story. It all started when I got a two two dollar in in thirty four cent receipt that I had to code, and it was for a single two by four. <laughs> and I went, you know, it just kind of blew my mind that there's a receipt, a Home Depot receipt for a single two by four, two dollars and thirty four cents. And I started doing all the calculations for it and thinking, you know, I have the gas and the insurance and the wear and tear in the vehicle and the guy's time and, and the health insurance and everything. And I, I found out that the actual cost of that run was about two hundred and fifty dollars. When you add it all up, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And then you start looking and I found that you know, across the board on average, they were making a run per day on our job sites and we have seven job sites. So you start adding, if you just multiply it out, you're talking about $420,000 a year in, in, in these supply runs. Now, if we were to cut that in half and that's, you know, factor into lost productivity, right. factor into right. not, not planning out for your job. But just looking at hard numbers, $420,000, if we wanted to cut that in half and have, you know, two runs per week, you know, which is not asking a tremendous amount. It's just asking you to, to feel, you know, look a little further ahead. Multiply that out by the equivalent of what it would cost to sell that. And it's $1.68 million. Okay. So that's why it's a one a million dollar game. That game has a value to the company of $1.68 million in sales. And it, it is purely through through savings. So does it help when you're talking about these games to get those big numbers attached that it really makes people take notice when you say $1.6 million as opposed to $250? Well, I think the funny thing is what, what motivates them is, I'll tell you what motivates the guys in the field and what motivated them specifically in this case. It wasn't so much the $1.68 million. It was more the fact that their impact on a dollar is eight times more important than sales, that they have the ability to control the, they have the most powerful, influential part in, in the whole job scope from, from the first meeting of the client through sales, through architecture, through everything. When it's in production, a dollar saved in production is eight times more powerful than than a dollar in in sales. So, so it's a matter of, that, it's a matter of helping them understand how much they really do impact the profitability of the company, and then you can tie that back to some kind of a game. And then you start tying that back to a game, exactly. So exactly. can you give us can you give us a little more input information on how that game worked? Because I know that's a problem many people face all over this country and Canada and probably every other country is this idea of having to run off to the lumberyard. So can you give us an example of what the goal was, how you kept score and what that reward was? Yeah. So um, just to kind of step back for a second and, and to talk a little bit about the motivators before I get specifically into the game that that I've I've really I've really realized is getting people together to work as a team, to work in this tribe-like atmosphere, it's, it's, something that, um, it, it's something that's ingrained in us, in our, in our evolution, and not to get too esoteric, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing if, if we're fighting a neighboring tribe or a saber-toothed tiger or supply run. There is a problem. We come together as a group. We work to address that threat 
um, and we resolve it. And these are very fundamental things that humans respond to. So, Brad, did you read Sebastian Younger's Tribe, the book? I read his book, and I listened to his interview with Joe Rogan. Have you yes, listened to that? me too. Fantastic. He, it's it's, it's absolutely – that actually – I've read his book twice. That actually really struck a chord with me. Yeah, it's, it's, really it's a, a really great book, pretty easy read too. And so my question is when you have uh, the members of the game – the people that are involved in the game. When you talk about a lumber yard run, that can involve estimating, that can involve design. I mean, it can involve other aspects. So how is the game weighted so that at the end of the day, when the guy has to buy, let's say, six two-by-eights, six two-by-fours, whatever, that it isn't because of a shortage in estimating. So where's, you know, how's the game weighted involved and the people involved? So I think everyone's going to have their it's set up differently in how they operate with their companies. The way we operate is that um, a lot of time is spent on the front end with the lead carpenters, with the carpenters, with the project managers, with our estimate sheet, looking at what we got to do with the plans and, and figuring it out. When it comes to ordering materials, um, we do all our own takeoffs in production. So the guys who are going to be working out there, specifically the lead carpenters are the ones who are ordering the materials, figuring out long lead items. Of course, we're ordering that in-house. That doesn't really count. I'm talking more the lumber yard runs, the supply runs, stuff that we need um, on a day-to-day basis. The way we weighted it and the, what we were looking at, first of all, we identified that every job on average was, was doing between 15 and 20 runs a month. Okay, so in a 20-day month, that's pretty much every single day. You don't have to get too much into the weighting of it being like, this is an estimating problem or this is a takeoff problem. Mm -hmm. That could account for maybe three or four runs in a month, especially if you're dealing with bigger things that are estimate item worthy, such as, you know, a a truss package or, you know, the roofing number or something like that. But when you're dealing with the day-to-day incidentals, those are the things, the small little things that, they were going out there and they're making those runs because they weren't thinking ahead. And that was the end. That, that was the end. Now we allow a certain amount. There are a certain amount of things that you're just never going to get ahead of. It's not even necessarily beneficial to try to get ahead of it. Cause you might be trying to solve a problem that doesn't even exist yet. Um, but, but bringing it down from 20 to 10, I don't think we're necessarily getting into the, okay, now we have to wait this thing for something else because it wasn't necessarily these. A lot of that was just incidental running to the, running to the thing. And it got to the, and here's the other big idea with you and I might have all these things in our head, right? We might come up with this in our head, sitting down at night, planning out how we can become more efficient. It matters zero what we think. Right. Yeah. What we think matters absolutely not at all. So it's, it's, the 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 big the biggest challenge with mini games is that you as the manager know what you want to have happen but you have to get the guys to come up with these ideas and come up with these solutions so the idea of coming of going from 20 runs to 10 runs although it was in my head i didn't say anything i just presented the idea guys what do you think would be what's appropriate what can we do is it, is it 20? Is 20 as good as we're going to get and that's it? 
is it 15? And the guys are saying, well, I mean, I could, I could get away. I said on, on Sunday evening, if I sat down and figured out everything I needed for this coming week and put my plan together, I could probably get away with two. And other guys were like, well, maybe I could do four because a lot of things. And <laughs> some guys are, well, I'm yeah. on a T&M. So, I mean, it's just like I'm kind of going to the store when I need to go. And they came up with this idea that, wait a minute, the reason why we're going to the store so much is because we're not really being proactive about what the next week looks like and what two weeks ahead looks like. And if we're looking two weeks ahead, um, we can be ordering for that. You know, if we know we got to, you know, frame up this knee wall, we don't have the lumber for it. I'm not waiting to go get the lumber for the knee wall on Thursday when I'm going to be framing it. Let's just get it Monday. Let's make one run. Here's the whole list and let's plan it out for the week. So um, with, with this game, Brad, you got this goal. I think it's really cool that you get them involved in setting that goal. That's, that's gotta be a key uh, factor. So you mentioned the scoreboard, the funnier, the better. What, what did you guys do for a scoreboard for this kind of thing? So the scoreboard, we had a, a roll of toilet paper that I had drawn out and I, you know, so it was, the idea was that the toilet paper would represent a bar graph. And so the more runs you kind of pull additional <laughs> pieces of toilet paper up. Um, <laughs> oh, that's, so, that's really, really creative. I like that. Yeah. And that came from, uh, yeah, it, it, it takes a lot to, to figure these things out and, and, you're going to, you're going to mess up and you're not going to have effective scoreboards. You're not going to think you need to do a scoreboard. The scoreboard makes all the difference. It's, yeah. it's basically the, the, if the difference between winning and losing that, um, yeah, losing I think that I've, game. So I've heard people point that out, like about a sports event that if there was no scoreboard, nobody would care or nobody would be able to keep up with what the score really was. So then the reward is, is the reward to roll a toilet paper too? No, the reward structure, um, you know, and it, you want to try to keep it again, the reward needs to come from, from the guys. So from the people in the field that are playing the game, so they okay. decide what they want to do for the reward. Um, again, it's, 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 they come up with everything okay. and that's how you get the buy-in. That's how you get them to play the game and to adhere to the rules of the game because it's their rules. It's their, you know, guidelines. It's their scoreboard. It's their reward. Okay. You, you don't really need to do anything, but just set it up. In this case, what um, was it? They wanted coolers. They wanted lunch boxes. Cool. So, um, we're so going to be starting another game. And we're going to be doing another game on slippage, which will be fun because we've I've introduced the problem. I've introduced the, the challenge that we're going to be addressing. And you let it just percolate over a couple of weeks as, you know, every lead meeting we have, we talk about it. Let's think about what the guidelines are going to be. What do you guys think? What's reasonable for this? And it's going to be, I'm excited to see what we come up with for a scoreboard. I have no idea. And what the reward structure is going to be. I have okay. no idea. The Yeti is becoming really popular. So I'm hearing <laughs> yeah. a lot of, of Yeti ideas floating around. So yeah. uh, that could be something like that. So just, um, I mean, I know you a little bit on a personal level. I think you're very creative and you have a lot of energy and so forth. So suppose I'm a business owner or a manager that is kind of low key and, you know, doesn't get excited about stuff and 
is kind of sitting back going like, man, I could never do that. What kind of advice would you would you give them in terms of being able to put something like this into practice? First of all, you absolutely can do it. There's no reason you can't do it. If you're managing, you know, a, a production or a company, you know, you kind of owe it to yourself and the people that rely on you for good guidance and good management to implement something that is incredibly effective and, and people respond to it. You know, it's, it's not a hokey game. It's, you know, there's all types of managers. We've talked before about the most ineffective way to manage people, which is just to tell them what to do, you know, and to yell and scream. And you guys were talking about it before that, that is like a old dying fossil of a, of a way of management. Um, and, and like I, you know, I'm big. I read a lot of books about the human condition and the human mind and what, what motivates people. And, and this is really something that motivates people. This is, like I've said, we're kind of in this golden age of understanding how to motivate people with, with everything that, that's out there and accessible to us, whether it's, it's podcasts or, you know, Audible, which is, you know, a great way to spend time in your car learning about leadership, learning about how to, you know, what, what gets people to follow you into, uh, the, you know, gunfire, run down a barrel of a gun. You know, if, if those guys can do it, I, you know, I, I run a construction company. It's, you know, it's not as, I can learn something from that person. There um, you go. So Brad, so, as we, as we kind of wrap things up here, um, maybe one last little nugget of wisdom in terms of, not only motivating people, but maybe just uh, uh, something about a game, uh, maybe uh, some wisdom you've gotten from some of these books that you've read. What might be a, a last little segment that you can, you can dump on us here and we'll remember? I think something to tie it all together is that letting people own their failures, let them own their solutions, and let them own their success. And many games do that you identify something where there's an issue or a goal, let them come up with the solution. And it might not be a good solution. You might be sitting there as a manager saying, this is a really dumb game. <laughs> this is not going to get where we want to go, but you, you have to let them own it and let them see that it's a dumb game. If you say it's dumb then guess what? You've just made them all victim. Yeah. They're victims to your horrible management. <laughs> let them come up with the solution. Let them own it. Uh, and that's the number one thing. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Steve. So, Brad, as we wrap up, first, will you be able to send us a picture of that toilet roll scoreboard <laughs> so that we can put that in the show notes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will try, yeah. That's fantastic. So, and I think this has been extremely eye-opening, especially when you tie some of the numbers to um, slippage to the Lumberyard run. So, in the future, we'd love to have you back to tell us about the slippage game as well. I would love to. I'm, I'm excited to get it rolling. Great. So thanks again for your time, and uh, we'll look forward to speaking with you in the future. Take care. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. So, Tim, um, I... It is, I, I've heard you say many times and I've read, uh, you know, your newsletter, your power tips, when you talk about the lumber yard runs and the calculators, so many times cannot stop but think about my own lumber yard runs in the past. Right. And uh, it's just staggering because again, with um, kind of the other things like the punch list, it just seems to be, because when I would be in the middle of the day buying whatever it was, a tube of caulk, a two by four, 
there were many other people there too, you know, right. at the lumberyard. So, um, important to try to get rid of that trend, if you would call it. Yeah. That. So I think, I think the big thing, and we hear this a lot in all different environments is letting people own, uh, what they're doing. And I think yeah. that's one of the big messages that came out of what Brad was talking about was mm-hmm. just bring letting them see, he has an idea in his mind, but he's letting them come to that idea. And then, you know, what are they going to do? What are the solutions for it? And then own the success. And I think it's a, a an amazing thing to, for many business owners to let the team help them succeed. And I think that's what, you know, the big thing Brad was talking about. And I think the other thing is I mentioned in the introduction is have some fun, Yeah. you know, and, and I guess, you know, in general, if anybody really knows me personally, you know, I have serious fun. I don't laugh and giggle and, you know, tee hee about stuff. And I don't like some comedies that are just slapstick, but I like having fun. Yeah. And this is the kind of fun I like having is, uh, is, you know, a fun with a goal is the kind of thing that I love to enjoy. And I mean, if you talk to anybody, um, you know, fun is not just goofy, uh, humor. I mean, talk, talk to uh, a team that just won uh, a game, you know, they had fun. So winning, you know, from the games is extremely fun. fun. Yes, indeed. That's exactly right. That's one of the big points that comes out of the book, the great game of business. And it's something that just rattles around in my head every day. People have to feel like they're winning. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you think about that basic concept and you run your business that way, get people to start winning and they'll give you what you need from them. Perfect. All right. Well, once again, we want to thank Brad Yetman for joining us. And thank you for listening to The Tim Fowler Show. Helping you improve the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.